Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, the 10th of November, Friday morning on Rural Queensland today. Good morning to everybody through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach. Good morning. Uh, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. Uh, very good morning to everybody. Big, big show for everybody, in fact. So much to get through. If you have seen or missed any of it, please... Go back to Spotify. You can get all our latest episodes. It's all there. Senator Susan McDonald. I'm going to have a decent chat to her. There's a lot to get through. What were Westpac thinking? Uh, one of the great banking institutions, and they've come out and made it pretty clear that they really don't want to see development in agriculture at this moment. Concerning um, also just around the renewables issue, that's a real concern. Uh, Remembrance Day is on tomorrow, um, and obviously we need to focus on that. We'll call, talk to Matty Beard from RBV Rural Emerald yesterday, also Peyton Fitzsimons, and four-day weeks for school teachers. Geez, they thought a lot about this when they came out with that one. This is Rural Queensland Today. You're with Ben Dobbin on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. Ben Dobbin with you, and it is the 10th of November, a Friday morning across rural Queensland today. Uh, Senator Susan McDonald, the Shadow Resource Minister, um, joins us this morning and she's also the Senator for Northern Australia and she's the biggest advocate we have here in Queensland who represents the people. Senator, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, a lot has happened in the week since I've spoken to you, but firstly, congratulations needs to be in order uh, to yourself. Uh, a pretty significant day Yesterday um, at the Resources Council lunch, you spoke in front of a, a thousand people. Um, I, I, to me, I mean, I don't even know what that's like to uh, a thousand people in a public room, but no doubt, um, you know, nerve wracking. But I had two people text me who were in the room who said you're outstanding. So congratulations, and uh, a huge issue, and and one that w good people that do a lot for this industry that you actually got to talk to. That good morning, Ben. Uh, and you're right. And just on a personal note, I don't know that you ever stop getting nervous before you stand up to talk to people you care about, about things you care about, you know, in the state that you, you love and the country you want to see do well. So uh, it was a big day. And, um, but, you know, I felt that there was important things to talk about yesterday, which is that Queensland and Australia, we are a primary industries place, whether it be uh, agriculture, uh, industry that I'm so proud of, or the resources sector, which has paid the bills for as long as we can remember. And particularly in Queensland, whether it be royalties from the copper, silver, lead, zinc mine at Mount Isa, uh, gold at Mount Morgan, uh, or more recently, coal and then CSG. These are the things that not only pay taxes and royalties, they employ uh, hundreds of thousands of people on wages that are half again better than the average Australian wage. They pay um, capital investments that flood through small businesses across the state, people who own trucking businesses and bakeries and tyre supply shops, uh, linen washing. All of these businesses are bigger and better because of resources in this state. And uh, we had the uh, Queensland Resources Council State of the State of the Sector report published yesterday, and it showed that 116 billion—that's with a B—116 
billion worth of, uh, of dollars last year alone uh, came from the resources sector into the Queensland economy. That is one third of the Queensland economy. Are you that serious? That is extraordinary. I, I am absolutely serious. And it really worries me then that there's started this, this rhetoric that I hear Labor say, you know, oh, these companies are making big profits. Well, profits of mining companies, the dividends are, are flow back to the shareholders, which are mums and dads, retirees. They're the super funds that we all have money in and we hope are going to do very well by the time we, we go to retire. Uh, this making a profit is a reflection of the fact that you run your business well. You've probably had a few years of losses as well if you're in a commodity business like resources. Uh, but when you make money, that is money that floods back out through the veins and, art uh, and capillaries of, of the state. And it is those things that allow us to have shining new footbridges in Brisbane. It should allow us to have a gleaming four-lane road of the Bruce Highway all the way to Cairns. But we know that under Labor, they've been in government for 30 of the last 35 years. They have wasted so much of the resources of this country. But that aside, we cannot let it stop. We have got to stop state and federal governments funding the Environmental Defenders Office to challenge state decisions to allow the, the appropriate approval of very high standard environmental requirements, very high workplace relations requirements, um, but most importantly, high standards of, of ore, that if we don't mine them, if we don't get these big companies to mine them, the stuff that we, the state, the taxpayers of Queensland own, then nobody does. And we are all poorer for it. And we will end up, you know, a, a, a country that has a lower standard of living. We'll be able to compare ourselves to parts of South America or, or other countries that don't enjoy the standard of living that we do. So, this you know, is the, this yes. is the area and Senator that I am concerned about and, and everything you say. So, Queensland's one third of its economy is generated through resources, and we know that. That's, that, that right. that's just fact. That's fact. Yet, if I talk to anybody in the cities, right, um, and next week we're going to highlight it because it's National Ag Day next Friday, and uh, we have uh, pop-ups in Brisbane, and we are going to make some noise about it in Brisbane next week. But if you talk to anybody about the resources, everybody's like, ah, oh, it's killing the environment, and... We can't, you know, nuclear and coal and, and, and the uneducated. Now, I'm talking, and I know this is a generalisation, I'm talking 18 to 32-year-olds predominantly, you know, maybe a little bit older. But there's, there's no other solution. Like, I, I don't understand, do they know where the money comes from? Do, do they know where the fact that they have this amazing life in Australia, in Queensland, in Brisbane, in, on the Gold Coast... Where does it come from? Where do your roads come from? Where does the, the economy generate? Because it, it doesn't generate from them working uh, nine to five in, in the cities. And this is the, the area that a Labor government have never, and they've gone away from their people, make no mistakes about it. They're aligned with the Greens and they are not, they're not what the Labor Party was when it was founded back in Barcaldon because well, they were the workers. Right. They were the workers and that's, and this is who is generating Queensland's economy, the workers, the miners, the fly-in, fly-outs, the people, the men and women who are working around the clock 
in mines in Mount Isa, out of Cloncurry. It, it, it has just been, it, it, it's like we want your money, but we don't want to acknowledge where we get it from. And that's the offensive thing about this. Well, it is, Ben, because it doesn't matter what you're, if you're running a, a lovely restaurant, um, doesn't matter if you're in Townsville or, or Brisbane or the Gold Coast, chances are the dollars that have been spent there have been earned either from somebody directly working in a mining business or a business that's employed to provide services to one of those mines. Yeah. That's the reality in Queensland. 100%. And, and that's the bit that we have to focus on because, you know, I want a high standard of health care. I mean, we're not getting it in Queensland under Labor, but what's the ability for the next government to be able to afford to provide the services that we have become accustomed to? And and there is only one way to do that. And look, I, I, I won't stand by and hear that people are saying we're doing a bad job with the environment in Australia. No. We live in an incredibly uh, clean-aired, healthy place, uh, and, and the mines operate to high standards, the requirements on, on them for... A whole range of things um, uh, is very high, and they're the ones who make the money in able to, in order to invest in, you know, koala habitats and uh, you know re- uh, refuges and and sure. uh, rehabilitation of sites. You know, that's these are all requirements by law. We don't need to reinvent the wheel on what we require mines to do. That's all in place. What we want to do is make sure that when they're making decisions about whether to invest billions of dollars in Queensland or in Canada or Mexico, as is happening today, that they choose Queensland because we will be poorer for it and have absolutely no substitute. If you think that renewables are going to generate the sort of dollars, we don't manufacture them here, they don't require a lot of workforce uh, and it's not well-paid workforce if it does, uh, you know, we will be poorer if we don't continue to uh, allow mining companies to invest in this state. And and I think this is the number one thing we all need to be standing up and demanding that the Queensland government not destroy the state's nest egg, which is the resources sector. Yeah, w- well said, well said. We're going to take a break, come back, because the resource sector is the area that I uh, want to talk about and also... I want to talk about the way that they are going with renewables. Senator Susan McDonald joining us this morning. It's the 10th of November on Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today, the 10th of November. Senator Susan McDonald, Matt Beard, not far away. We'll talk to him. Uh, rain last night in central Queensland, uh, up to 100 millimetres in some areas. I'll keep you updated with that. Senator, the renewables um, and this absolute circus that is going on. Um, Yesterday I talked about it, Um, the environmental group that have decided to form the Queensland Conservation Council. They're a new identity and its parent company says it's focused on enforcing environmental laws in Queensland. They've come out and they've said, we're going to enforce it based on the legislation passed in Parliament and we're going to administer it and we're going to make sure that we look at it. I mean... Seriously, uh, who are these? What, what, we've got vigilante groups now deciding that they're going to be the, the, the judge and, and, and decide on who does what and you know override the government. This is beyond a joke. But all of that aside, you can, you can go and attack the farmers, but if you want to put a wind farm up, if you want to put a solar farm up, 
if you want to be all about renewables and have that clear away, destroy the land, um, you, know, you, you can go ahead, you can do whatever you want, but guess what? And you'll get a green light from us. It is just absolutely ludicrous. Well, it's such a double standard, Ben, and we have been trying uh, for months now to get up a Senate inquiry into uh, renewables, new transmission lines across agricultural land uh, to see if we can have a proper examination of how we level the field and we make sure that renewable projects have the same expectations and standards of any other activity on the land. I mean, we're now seeing this absolutely appalling uh, discussion coming out of the banks yesterday that somehow agriculture emissions should be equated to the emissions from, I don't know, uh, building a luxury Porsche. I mean, food production, food and fibre should be something that we hold dear and precious because other parts of the world have gone hungry. We have never had that worry, but we had to hold on to it and fight for it. So, you know, I think that to see a new environmental organisation standing up, which let's be frank, they have no interest in protecting agriculture. They are only interested in raising money, uh, using uh, slick ad campaigns um, and not adhering to the law of the government, which whether we like them or not, we vote them in. Queenslanders, Australians vote them in. The laws that are set by the government of the day are the ones that we live and uh, and support because that's what a civilised democracy does. And to have this other organisation try and come in over the top of that, uh, I think is, is you know another waste of money, another waste of purpose and intention. We have to get focused on what makes Queensland and Australia prosperous, that we don't have food insecurity, uh, that we have great healthcare, uh, great education, good infrastructure, uh, and that people can get on with doing what it is that gives them joy and purpose, you know, not these not these groups that are anti any sort of you know, productive advancement in the country. If it was up to them, we'd all be sitting around under gum trees, you know. I'm oh, not sure what ridiculous. we'd be eating singing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Can, can I ask you, do you think we get a, we're going to get to any point where there is some sort of legislation around this renewable? I mean... They're hell-bent on, you know, net zero, um, carbon neutral, and all these companies that can see a dollar in it are making these renewable pledges. It's not happening from within. It's all overseas, and people people have seen a loophole, and they're, they're absolutely going at it. A change of government will change things. There's no, there's no other way other than looking at it that it will happen. But can there be some serious guidelines, or is it going to be too little too late? No, I, I um, would never lose hope that it was too late. Uh, I think that anything we do now is still going to be able to capture uh, future projects and, and even projects that are under consideration. Uh, and this is exactly the point of what we've been trying to push for uh, in the Senate. The Coalition has been pushing hard that there has to be a proper ev- environmental assessment the same as there is for agriculture and mining. Uh, onto uh, renewable projects. We want to know what's the impact in the longer term because this is a very new industry. What's the impact in the longer term of uh, recycling, of what happens if you get a a mini cyclone through a region and solar panels are smashed? Do we end up with glass into the Murray-Darling Basement catchment? I mean, that might sound a bit 
extreme. But these are the things that we want to examine. We want to make sure that these projects are um, uh, are able to be rehabilitated the same way that, that mining projects are expected to uh, and that we don't end up with, um, you know, with, uh, you know, animal species and, and grasses that are destroyed because they've had to spray out weeds underneath. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a thousand things that should and uh, needs to be considered. And, of course, in the south, transmission lines, whether you're in Gympie uh, or, or other parts of the country, where they're proposing to put up these massive new transmission lines, which will uh, make it almost impossible to operate the sort of agricultural um, uh, farms that are in those areas. Uh, you know, that they're all things that you know Australians deserve. That we have a look at this properly. We make sure that it's a it's a fair assessment. Um, and no, so Ben, I don't think it is too late. And I'm very keen that we continue to put pressure on the government to make sure that they they agree to this terms of reference and we get on with doing that and then putting in place legislation, regulation that's fair. Can we talk about Westpac? I mean, I mean, clearly there's some issues there. Well, you know, I think they heard it pretty clearly yesterday. I, I'm aware of uh, uh, farmers and graziers right across the country ringing their local manager, uh, bank manager, and, and asking them what the hell is going on. So... Uh, I, I suspect that Westpac thought that they were starting a discussion. But the moment you say that we don't agree to a European definition of deforestation uh, in this country, uh, says to me, so for somebody who, who lives and breathes northern Australia, this is potentially the end of future development for uh, agricultural projects in Cape York, near Georgetown, yeah. uh, round Catherine, round the Ord. You know, what a ridiculous bloody announcement without any understanding that in Queensland... Oh, I think they've backtracked pretty quickly, haven't they, Senator? I think well, they, they got the message very quickly yesterday when they came out with the statement that it was an uneducated statement um, and they're doing everything to try and... And I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's there's no secret that they're sponsoring the, the Queensland Maroons, they're sponsoring the women's game, they're sponsoring rugby league to try and get a better look. They really are. That's why they've invested heavily down this road, yet they come out with comments yesterday that just make people shudder with disbelief. Well, let's be let's be fair because this is not just Westpac. It is every super fund. It's insurance funds. It's banks. And at the top of it all is the Australian Prudential Regulator of Australia. For four years, I've been going in and asking questions of them about how are they writing these uh, these policy papers around risk for insurance and capital because this was what I always thought would be the absolutely um, recognisable consequence, which is they tighten the grip on capital in, and insurance and it makes it almost impossible for agriculture, for mining, for um, new hospitality and tourism uh, uh, places to, to operate in Queensland and Australia. This is absolute madness. We are a primary resources, primary industries country. We have to own that. We provide a great service to the rest of the world in mining and food production. And we are choking ourselves if we let our own regulators and our own financial institutions uh, take these absolutely ridiculous stances on, uh, on restricting activities around important things like being able to manage your land 
to grow food and fibre. This is not about yeah. making a Porsche or, you know, a luxury uh, jet trip. Food and fibre, this is the very thing that wars are fought over, that people go hungry for. And in Australia, we have been so blessed with. But we obviously now, with these Labor governments who don't understand what it is to create prosperity for a country, what it takes to go out into fields and paddocks to grow food so that you and I, we've talked about this before, Ben, you and I can go and do other jobs because we don't have to grow food. We don't have to keep a chook and a cow and grow a veggie garden the way they did 100 years ago. We can rely on our farmers to feed us and not only us but a good part of our neighbours. Yeah, you did right. important stuff. And, and, you know, can I just urge everybody who's listening, talk about this. Make sure that your bank manager and your insurance broker uh, and anybody you know knows how you feel about this uh, so that they are feeding the message back to the head office. We have got to pull this up. This is absolute madness if we think that Australia um, can adopt European models to manage Australian conditions for a country that mines resources, that grows food and fibre and is one of the best bloody places in the world to live and be. Well said. Have a great weekend. Uh, We really appreciate your time this morning. You too, Ben. I hope you have a great weekend and not doing the triathlon. Gosh, you'll be toes up on the couch. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, Senator Susan MacDonald, Rural Queensland today, Friday morning, the 10th of November. Welcome back. As I said, uh, talking to Senator Susan McDonald, we'll now head with Matt to Matty Beard from RBV Rural. And yesterday, um, look, the, their their sale was on. Um, there's only 500 head. Numbers are starting to obviously uh, be a little limited uh, as there's a bit of rain around and scattered storms across the central Queensland last night and falls up to 100 mil in places. Matty Beard, good morning. Um, not everybody got it, but some great news in your neck of the woods with some with some storms starting to get about and some of that fire country that had been burnt out getting a drink, which is just wonderful news. Yeah, it certainly is, Dobbo. There were some fantastic falls, particularly around that Carnarvon Gorge area there that had had some of those terrible fires. Uh, south of Alpha, very good. North of Clermont, very good. Some spots around Dysart's done very well. So... It is a little patchy, uh, but if you're in its rug, you've done well, and it's just given people a bit more hope with this cattle market. So, mate, where was the storms? Can we just get a little bit of an update on where they actually were and, and who's got rain in the central? Well, if you said essentially basically from the Willows, so 70 k's west of Emerald to sort of west of Alpha and south of the Capricorn Highway, uh, very patchy showers, say, west of Springshaw, down to the Carnarvon Ranges and a further around in there, uh, I would say that uh, go 30 or 40, go even 20k, sorry, north of Clermont and that part of the world, there's been some good scattered storms in that vicinity. Yeah, it's a big and, area, and, though. It's a big area that's covered. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, it sounds patchy, but you're talking, uh, you know, geographical like area, it's a, it's a big patch of country for sure. And so, obviously, there'll be some people who are saying, right, well, that's the start we needed and puts a bit of green pick. But from there, we see the limited numbers starting to come forth in your sales. And, you know, you know 500 head, that's as, that's a light yarding for you guys. It is, yeah. And, you know, this time of year, we should be probably yarding two to 3,000. Well, these showers of rain, people can sort of anticipate that there will be a lift in this market. And, and we are starting to slowly see it. And... uh just got to wait for that to happen. 
So, I mean, they're talking heavy steers got up to 52 cents at Gracemere. Um, and, you know, you go, well, great. That's fantastic. But you, you, you look at Emerald. Would you say the market was considerably dearer? Look, it certainly felt very dearer, but you've got to realise for 500 head of cattle, essentially what people are doing is tidying up those few bits and pieces of cattle that they've had sitting around there for a while and they're time to go. You know, it's for a 500 head of yarding, you're not getting any runs of cattle and people are generally having tidy ups rather than selling their genuine runs of good cattle. So let's talk about let's talk about it. If if it's everything that you know this market needs is rain, how long till we see this price start to increase? That's the that's the question everybody's asking. Is the prime market starting? I mean, you've got literally four weeks potentially for kill before they shut. So will it be a bit of jostling till then, in your opinion? And then hopefully with some storms and, and people holding on and putting some weight on, it fattens things up. Well, I think that that's, that's our biggest quandary at the present time is our limited amount of kill weeks until we stop for the Christmas break. So there's not a lot of pressure on there. And I think plants are, have got enough cattle up their sleeve that they're going to be fine. So they're probably reluctant to really throw big heaps of money out there and, at the moment until we get enough rain that it absolutely stops those bookings and creates immediate space, then all of a sudden we'll see this increase. But uh, but we're starting to see, you know, certainly feed lotters are putting their hand up for a few more cattle at the present time. They're, or they're obviously having meetings with their processors saying, hey, you know, we can't make this work at the moment. We're struggling to buy some cattle. We need some more money at the other end. And, uh, and I think we're starting to see that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, you've got um, Colour a Comet next Friday, that property auction. Talk to us through that, mate. Yeah, a really top little bit of country, 9,300 acres, uh, been owned by the Rowlands family for a good while now. Uh, it's well set up, it's in a great location, and it does have a really good stand of feed too. So it's, uh, you know, they've run it uh, as a cow and calf depot, but it's but it's certainly got enough horsepower in that country to, to also be a bullock depot as well. So what does that kind of that kind of country, and, and you know, in there, like obviously from a stocking rate, you know, people listening, and there's a lot of good country coming on the market. This is a highly sought-after block. You'd expect that a block like this is going to make top money. Regardless, there's there's enough people who realise how good a block this actually is. That's exactly right, and it's the sort of block that good market or bad market, they are hard. They those really good properties don't come available that easily, and here's one that's up now. And you know, it's a, it's a property that would comfortably run a cow to 10 acres, cow and calf to 10 acres, or do a job on a steer for that seven to eight acres. Yeah, um, that goes to auction next week, and obviously inspections have been very, very strong with it, and, like, there'll be a continuation. There'll be obviously uh, a lot of people uh, still interested in that, and you'd think. Emerald Auction Centre, we've talked about this a lot, mate. Um, you've got the big auction coming up first to the 4th of December. You're actually unloading stuff at the moment. Um, it's uh, for all of Queensland people listening who... Get involved. This is a big one, and this will be your final one before Christmas. That's right. Yeah, we sort of anticipate there could be around that sort of five to six hundred assets for this sale. And uh, and look, you know, we probably find now that there's some terrific value out there. Post COVID, you know, you'd see the the guy that would bring in his second hand cruiser and get thirty grand more than what he paid for it brand new. Well, those days are gone now, of course. And uh, 
And so there's, you know, consequently there's some good options. So, and we're starting to see vendors too that are saying to us, well, it's got to be sold and cleared. So they're, they're happy to meet the market. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good way of looking at it. Matty Beard, appreciate your time. Obviously, you're going again next week with another sale, um, but we just hope that that, that might get cancelled because of the wet that you uh, that you can obviously um, have a bit more space and, and obviously time, um, give everybody a bit more time to put a bit of weight on the cattle. So appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Dobbo. Good on you. Matty Beard, RBV Rural. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. No surprise that the parents um, are absolutely furious with the state government being accused trying to cover up the teacher shortage here in Australia. Now, we talked about this in Queensland a couple of months ago, just how there is a shortage of teachers. And they came out saying they were going to bring more teachers in. just didn't happen. Like everything with this government, their promises always fall short. And now, to try and change things up, they're going to come up with this harebrained idea. Yep, we're going to have a four-day week, a four-day school week. We're going to trial it. We're going to get a blueprint for it. And now, where does that put everybody? Now, look, this shake-up, and the Courier-Mail reported well yesterday, Education Minister Grace Grace insisting the policy, which would take effect on the first day of school next year, is all about schools being more flexible with their communities if they want it. Now, the national TPPA National Coordinator, Scott Stanforth, said teachers already are under the pump and get through uh, the curriculum would struggle to do it in four days. They're trying to cover up the shortage of teachers in the wrong way. If teachers are struggling to get the curriculum done in five days, dropping back to four days and fitting in the same curriculum is not going to work. It makes sense. It's an unpaid policy, updated policy. If a school is looking for some more flexible arrangements, they will have to go um, through extensive community consultation. Sometimes schools are criticised for not being flexible enough. Year 11 and year 12. Has anybody asked the parents who, or the single mums or the mums and dads who both work what they're going to do with their children who um, are unsupervised? Has anybody thought about the youth crime, how giving kids a day off to roam the streets, oh, yep, they'll sit at home and do study. No, they won't. No, this is just an absolute schmozzle um, once again and another sham by a Labor government that are trying to fix problems because, do you know what? They don't want to face the music. You made promises you didn't deliver. There's a shortage of teachers, no two ways about it. In the regions everywhere. But they need to get on their bike and start sorting things out. I am sick to death of this, and this is now dominating the Department of Education. Any changes to school hours must occur with the consultation of parents, staff, students and other stakeholders. All right, well, you didn't get that. You didn't actually ask for those opinions earlier this year, did you, at all? Um, Very, very poor form in my opinion. Very, very poor form. Surprise, surprise, (laughs) and... uh, I, I, the Queensland government is now in a shock poll. I love a good poll, and at the moment, uh, they have been given and told the new data showing exactly how Queenslanders feel. Now, that you want to know how they feel? They are absolutely over the state government. Data released on this morning from the SEC Newsgate Mood of the Nation reveals Queensland has had the lowest approval rating of any state government in the nation. With the cost of living, crime, housing affordability, 
as the top three issues. 70% of Queenslanders feel that the country is moving in the wrong direction. You need more than 70%. 27% of the respondents said the Queensland government was performing well, with their approval rating more than 10% lower than the next closest state, Victoria. 38% of the respondents believe the state government is doing a good job. Yeah, you're right. It's a hell of a mess. 1,000 Queenslanders were polled for this. And surprise, surprise, 71% said the cost of living and the housing affordability are the two biggest issues. Crime came in third. So Anastasia Palaszczuk, I don't know why she's holding on, but her job is, it is now at this point where she, she, it's untenable. And David Christopher needs to make sure that, you know, they absolutely get this right. And when they do get back in, don't blow the whole joint up straight away like Campbell Newman did. You know, if Campbell Newman had shown some responsibility and just hadn't gone into an absolute freefall, well, then we would have seen something so much better. A really, really telling poll and one that I think that everybody understands just how far we have gone as a nation. Our state is on the knees and we are very, very concerned about where it's going. We'll take a break, come back. Peyton Fitzsimons joins us next. This is Rural Queensland Today. Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Peyton Fitzsimons joins us this morning, um, the National Livestock Manager for Ray White Rural. Fitz, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, we've been talking some showers um, in the CQ overnight, but there were some new showers in New South, so starting to fill in a little bit. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Mate, I've got withdrawal symptoms. Like it's that? been three weeks since you and I spoke, and I actually thought you were off me. But I'm just so glad to be back on the air with all your listeners this morning, mate. Uh, you can stop the garbage. Um, let's talk about the rain in, in Tamworth and down there, please. Yeah, mate, some very good falls of rain, you know, throughout New South Wales in places last night. Look, it's it's it's, it's seasonal. It's storm activity. It's it's similar to what. Uh, you know, a good wide uh, array of country experience last week in Queensland, but 20 to 50 millimetres of rain around the likes of Tamworth uh, last night. I know Timmy Walsh from our business there at Gunnada, the Ray White business at Gunnada. I was talking to him late last night. He'd had 44 millimetres over his country. Uh, Armadale places just through the, probably the southern part of the New England, uh, you know, getting sort of 20 to... 20 to 30 millimetres. Once again, it wasn't general rain, but just in storms. If you're underneath them, it was great. But, um, you know, plenty of people, plenty of people missing out, no doubt. Uh, but look, this time of year, you know, getting into the in, into the middle part of uh, middle part of November, it's encouraging. Like, it's meant to start raining and meant to start getting a few storms that time of the year. So looking forward, there's, you know, a lot more positivity about than where we were a month ago, Ben. Yeah, it, it seems to. It hasn't filled in in a lot of places, but certainly um, this will probably in a lot of ways change the shape of the market. We're seeing improvements. You did Dolby this week and you've looked at – you. Were, the, the, the cattle job has seen slight increases, but the sheep job is still very, very soft at the moment, um, which is concerning. Yeah, exactly right, Ben. Like that, uh, that cattle job was definitely bounced off the back of the off the back of one, the forecasted rain, and two, the event. Uh, there's some categories of cattle that uh, you know are pushing up to a dollar a kilo dearer than where they were operating at three and four weeks ago. Um, especially your store cattle and 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 your good heavy cows. Like I know good heavy cows in Dolby three weeks ago, you know, just sort of struggling to make 180 cents. This week, the best heavy cows off the top of my head topped at 222 cents. 
So that's a considerable jump in that in that short period of time. Yeah, the the lamb job has been fluctuating. Once they're starting to get out of those, you know, the, the the better end of those fresh season suckers, and uh, you know the quality of the lambs has probably backed off a little bit. Uh, but yeah, your, your mutton is still very t- very tough, mate. It's it 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 rises and falls, you know, as, as quick as each other. So uh, still pretty tough there. Yeah, um, I am. Um, I'm just trying to get an understanding. Like, is it is it all rain driven, or is these world factors and talking to abattoirs? Is that the factors that are concerning this prime job and the price that it currently is? Because talking to Amic, they say well their costs are very high, and talking to a lot of the processes, they're saying look, we're not making the money everybody thinks we are. But they're over in the US. They've never seen it brighter. They've never seen it brighter for the sales at the moment. Yeah, and I think some of those results been well said, and I think some of those results, especially out of the US with our cattle job, they're going to filter through into our country very soon. I think you're actually starting to see the uh, the onset of it now. Uh, you know, especially with those good those good trimming cows that aren't carrying an excess amount of fat, but you know, carrying plenty of meat. You know, ideal for that grinding beef job over in the US, and that you're just good, big, heavy, clean cutting cows. They're the cows that have probably lifted the greatest in the last two to three weeks. Moving moving forward with the rain, mate, when he's going to be just a little bit of a shortage of supply, I think you're going to see results a lot better. The the sheep and lamb job, it has been it has been driven by a lot of factors, but one first and foremost is there has been an insane number of lambs in the Victorian markets and the southern New South Wales markets. There has been plenty of numbers down there for the last sort of three to four months. It has been primarily numbers driven. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable where it's got to. And, and at some point, I, I, I can't believe with interest rates and the way this job is just free-falling this year in 2023, it's been a ghastly year for everybody involved in the livestock industry. Dolby Stock Horse, um, the show goes on and the horse industry has been strong, but everything, you know, like we forget that there is a horse sale coming up in, in a little over three weeks' time. Joy, geez, Ben, I don't forget. We love the Dolby Stock Horse Sale, and, and this year, a very good catalogue. I know I bang on about it every year, but a very good catalogue of horses. Um, the Ray White team, have, uh, they've got 315 catalogue for this year. Those dates are Thursday the 30th of November through to the 3rd of December at the Dolby Showgrounds. A very good catalogue of horses, and also a, you know, a great um, a great challenge, uh, all been run there by the Darling Downs branch of the Australian Stock Horse Society and their Campraft incentive programs. They run all week, so it's yeah, it's a big deal for a big deal for Dolby, and it's a big deal for Southeast Queensland, and yeah, that's only three weeks away, so we can't wait to get into it. Yeah, oh, look, I think that's going to be a a real showpiece, and um, and a lot of people will be wanting. Hopefully, it's wet, and a lot of people wanting to get off their properties and and obviously relax and and obviously see and have a bit of time away um, with everything going on. Can I just ask this property market? It, it, there's a lot of good properties coming on, but there's certainly uh, you would be seeing a softening of interest inquiry. The interest rate rises are concerning. Um, the energy crisis, the vigilante environmentalists, the RSPCA, there's a lot at the moment that isn't in the favour of actually people just going about their work at the moment and trying to buy more country. Ben, we are still seeing, and it's not an agent spiel, we are still seeing and fielding very good interest for properties. The, the the interest level has definitely declined, but the interest that is there is very qualified. Like they're good qualified buyers that are ready to transact. They are more selective 
that is definitely correct. They are more selective in what they're, and what they'd like and what their expectations are out of a property. But the level of inquiry, there are still people wanting to buy country, and there are, there are still people, um, you know, wanting to sell country. That'll never, that will never ever change. It's just a little bit more selective, and agents have to work harder today than they have previously. Previously, in the last probably two to three years, the environment has shifted a little bit. The results are very good and are still there, but everyone just needs to work a little bit harder and and, and be very confident when you're marketing your property that there is interest there and it is quality yeah well said appreciate your time this morning thank you so much for being with us uh national livestock manager for ray white rural patent fitzsimons great to chat good on you mate all the best talk to you well that's it from us here on rural queensland today for friday morning the 10th of november have a great day and we'll be back monday morning from nine the best of is on tomorrow morning remembrance day tomorrow um and we will try and keep you abreast of everything over the weekend Till next time, remember when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock and we'll catch up with you again shortly. Stay safe on the roads from all the team here at Rural Queensland today. It's bye for now.